Hello there, Vlad here. Welcome to Catholic Fridays episode something something because this is a special edition. If you're watching this, it means that I'm most likely on a small break because we had a baby, me and my wife that is, not me and Rich. Yeah, Just not to be us. clear, not us. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, uh, we're kind of shooting this as a backup just in case I'll be taking some time off, which, well, I plan to do when the new family member will be here. So what we wanted to do is to dive into the halibut and ales a bit more because this is a fairly rare occasion where both of us have had the guitar for a while and we've done our reviews of it as well. Like if we watch here, there's a rich demo of this available and there's my demo available as well and yeah we are going to call this what do we really think about the ALS and we're gonna start with the question Rich what do you really think of the Harleband and ALS guitar I think it's really really good <laughs> I really have enjoyed my time with this guitar I have to give it back to Toman well I don't but I choose to because I you know I'm in a position where I only keep things that I really, really want to have. And, you know, my channel is very fresh and I haven't taken any gear off a company yet that I just didn't feel like I had to keep. But the Aeolus is a wonderful guitar and has got me very weak indeed. I mean, the main thing for me is the fact that it it is so amazingly versatile, which I think yeah. is kind of what they built it for. And it became apparent to me straight away that this guitar can basically do everything. It feels like the most versatile guitar I've played in a long time, possibly the most versatile guitar I've ever played. You know, people talk about some instruments that can do everything, like, you know, a Telecaster, you can do everything on a Tele, or a Les Paul, or a 335, you know, these are all versatile guitars, but the Aeolus has some options on it, and is being designed in such a way that it looks like this Pretty cool old school mishmash between a Les Paul and a 335. But it has this modern playing and feeling neck that makes it feel like a 21st century instrument. And it has all those options yep. with the pickups and the tones that mean that you can go from smooth, sweet, pristine, cleans, classic tones, warm, mellow, jazz vibes, all the way through to down-tuned modern metal with it. And it does all of it authentically. So that's what I think of the yeah. ALS. I like it a lot. I think it's really, really good. What do you think of the ALS? Uh, I also think it's a very versatile guitar. And something that I mentioned in my own demo of it is that I'm not a huge fan of the term super versatile. And what surprised me about the ALS was that it's very versatile, uh, not in the sense that you can get like 700 different sounds from it, which some companies do where you can split the pickups and do like some sort of like phase, phases sounds and like all the different ways you can like route different pickups and stuff like that. It doesn't present you with like a crazy amount of different sounds, basically the six different sounds. So the three kind of standard humbucker ones and then like you can split the coils and then get three more. But somehow yeah. those sounds... Like, you can use them for almost anything, which is pretty cool. Like, somehow, 
the way the guitar is sonically, it just sits in so many different styles. Like in my demo, I do like a, well, I, I called it fake jazz because I cannot play real jazz, but like a jazzy tones, then you can do funky stuff with it really well as well. And like rock stuff, pop punk stuff. I even went for like a down to metal thing with it as well. And I'm guessing like part of the sound is the longer scale because it's 25 inches, right? I think I'm pretty sure it's yeah, it's it's yeah. that. And maybe just having the roasted maple neck, there's a bit of like extra snappiness to it or something like that. And for the 400 euros they're asking for it, it's it's very very good. Kind of yeah. A friend of mine commented on this guitar like it's almost unfair that you get that much of a guitar for that amount of money, and yeah, I have to also agree that like there's definitely this kind of old school vibe to it as well. But yeah, it's surprisingly versatile. I I didn't think I would like it as much because my first impression was like, oh, this is like great quality instrument, especially for the money. But it didn't feel that amazing until I started to like kind of try it out in different kind of recording situations, and there that's when I kind of. Was well, I was basically just really surprised how much you can do with it. So, yeah, really, really cool guitar. Not perfect though, and we no. can get into that in a second. But what else do you think is out there for 400 euros that even comes close to this? I, I honestly don't know. Like I, I can't think of any guitar that's this high quality in this price range. Like yeah, maybe like some Squires, maybe like for four hundred euros. Yeah, I think some classic Squires might actually be a bit more expensive. Yeah, right? I think some are some are a bit cheaper, and some of them are around four hundred, and some of them are even a bit more expensive. But mm. uh, again. I mean, it's a, it's a different kind of, well, vibe, isn't it? The the classic vibe yeah. series of instruments. But in terms of the, the quality of the parts used and the specifications, it would be quite tricky to find a Squire that matches up to what you get with the Aeolus. Yeah. When you think about things like the roasted maple neck and fingerboard, the Grover locking tuners, which are on it. Yeah. They are Grovers, aren't they? Yes, and the so it the Tesla the pickups, sheet. which I think I said it in my video, I'd never heard of before, but is a a fairly well known brand, and sounds almost identical yeah. to the Roswell pickups to me. Mm. But yeah, thinking about the the fit and finish of it as well for for that price, it came perfectly out of the box for me. And for anyone who's seen my video on the Airless, you'll know that. I'm pretty certain that Toman didn't set that guitar up for me in any way. They just shipped me a random one because the selector switch <laughs> to choose between the pickups is the wrong way around on it. And if someone had yeah. checked the guitar for me because they knew I was going to make a video, they wouldn't have let me have the guitar like that, would they? Yep. True. Yeah. Yeah, mine had the yeah. pickup selector switch wide the right way. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know if that's, that's what a sign that it was YouTubers, checked by yeah. someone. Yeah, that's the sign yeah, of a, a famous YouTuber. 
But yeah, I mean, look also at the, there's the spoke wheel at the bottom of the neck there to adjust the truss rod. That's the kind of feature that you don't see on cheaper instruments. It's no, nope. it's really really good value for money. And I think in the video yeah. that we're looking at at the side there, I've just pointed to the nut. It's like it's a GraphTech Tusk XL nut. I think it is. I can't quite remember yeah. off the top of my head. But it's a GraphTech, so it's it's name brand hardware on this guitar at that price point, which is something you don't yeah, ever that, seem that, to get with other instruments. Yeah, that that that's kind of shocking. But then again, with Harley-Benton, uh, they don't go for the traditional distribution model, which probably shaves off two, three hundred euros over the price yeah, of the that's guitar. that's where they save their money. Also, I'm pointing at the frets now. That reminds me, stainless steel frets. The ALS has yeah. stainless steel frets which again, you would not expect at all for an instrument at this price point. But yeah, going back to the yeah. the, the business model of Harley Benton and Toman, yeah, there is no distribution system, and presumably they order thousands upon thousands of each instrument when they yeah. order them from the factories. Well, I guess they have their own factories, and that makes every single guitar cheaper for them. And they're not going through distribution partners in different countries, so they save the money that way. But yeah. yeah. It's it's kind of mind-boggling, really. And I think I said it in my video, but imagine if you gave them a budget of 600 or 800 or even 1,000 euros and said, go mm. crazy and do your thing with that. A lot of other guitar companies would be getting very worried indeed. Yep. That's true. Uh, yep. If you want to dive into some of the, I guess, negative points, like I still don't like, the headstock logo that's just like yeah. the Harley Benton part on it is just fine. I can actually grab the guitar if we want to. Well, you can see it in the video as well, but like there's a big alpha letter. Got mine right here. Yeah. Okay. Let's zoom into your picture then because yeah, there you go. I. It's to me, it looks like it's just something they th threw in there and that's it. Yeah. And it's fine, but kind of feels pointless. I would probably design something else there, but mm. there it is. Uh, what I'm very curious about is how this instrument will handle like Finnish weather. Like, yeah, okay. I, a lot of guitars, like, especially like budget friendly instruments, like when I initially get them, they're like, pretty well set up and stuff like that. But then over time, and this is something that happened with the Harleband and Amarok I had, for example, the baritone guitar, like, uh, it like it started to have issues after it had gone through, like the Finnish climate. It's humid and hot at some point, and then it's very dry and very cold as well. And yeah, the fret ends became less, well, yeah, they became, pretty much became sharp on that guitar. It started to have some intonation issues. Felt like some of the frets kind of started to pop up a little bit. So I'd be curious to see what happens with this guitar over time. So there's always that. Yeah. Like they they do save and cost on some parts. But then again, this has a roasted maple neck, which technically should be more stable. Though I guess you never know this, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's something we'll have to wait and see. You're keeping the guitar, mm. aren't you? So this winter you will find out 
what happens with it. And it would be good for yeah. you to maybe make another video a few months down the line telling us your experiences on it as an owner. You know, you did that video with the Rev D20 explaining mm-hmm. how it had been actually owning it for a whole year. You know, the plus points, the, the negative points. That would be very interesting. Yeah, we'll see. There's also always a chance that I'll have to move on from this guitar. By the way, I, I'm keeping the guitar. But uh, yeah, I also need to eat, so we'll see <laughs> if it's here in a year or not. And yeah. As so- someone always mentions in their videos, you can't eat pedals or guitars or anything like that. So that's something nope, to consider exactly. whether it just stays here. But yeah, I, I do agree. Like uh, With all of the budget-friendly gear... The question isn't only like what you're getting right away, but what it's like in a year. And that's something I don't know yet. We'll see. Uh, could be great. I'm not saying that like I'm certain something will happen, but I did have that baritone for quite a while. And yeah, it uh, had to like it. I would have taken it to a luthier to like go through the whole instrument. But actually ended up moving on from it in the end. Again, had to eat, feed the family and stuff <laughs> like that. And there's only a certain amount of guitars I can have in my small studio slash that storage yeah. room over there. So yeah. yeah, yeah, just can't keep all of them. And since I have two guitars that I've built myself and a guitar that I'm also like, I'm associated with the brand as well. Like I'm not selling those. So something yeah, sure. to go. So if you were to get rid of the ALS and you were to look for another guitar, maybe around a similar price point, but maybe not, that could match the level of versatility of this instrument, what would you go for? Or do you think you would prefer to go for, you know, two or three different guitars that excel at one thing? I'd probably go for two or three different guitars that excel at one thing. But what I would love to try... Like I would love to compare this Ailes guitar against like some of the PRS SEs. Because mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna say the closest comparison I can think of to the ALS is the PRS SE Zach Myers signature with guitar, which is uh, it's basically a semi-hollow guitar as well and I think it has like coil splits and stuff like that uh, while we talk I'm actually going to look it up on Toman website for example and yeah it's probably more expensive than this but that's the closest I can think of yeah there you go <laughs> it's actually way more expensive uh, yeah it's nearly twi- well it's over twice the price yeah it's quite a lot more, but I would love to compare it to this one and see like what, like, this is also mahogany, flame maple top, mahogany. Okay, there's a mahogany neck, so that's different already. And there's full controls and stuff like that on this. Uh, is this believable humbuckers even in this one? Two volume, two controls. Doesn't seem like there's like split options. Doesn't say so, that, no. Yeah, it just doesn't say so. But yeah, this is like the closest one I can think of that might be comparable. And I think I might have tried this guitar at like one of the times I've been at Toman 
working on the events stuff. But I can't think of anything else that's even close price-wise to the ALS, which makes it pretty crazy. Um, yeah. Funnily enough, for me, in my video, uh, a lot of the comments were about the Harley Benton HB35, which is oh. their take on a, a kind of 335 instrument, which I also have had sent to me. Harley Benton sent me one. I've made a video of that guitar. And I fairly recently shot the comparison of the two, of the Aeolus and the HB35+. Plus. I had the metallic green color, because that was, I think, mm. all they had in stock. I still actually have it here, but... um. Yeah, that's a really, really great guitar as well. It has Roswell pickups with a coil split as well. It has four knobs, so it's a bit more flexible in that context. And it it just does its thing a little bit differently to the mm. Aeolus. Overall, I think in terms of specifications, you know, the Aeolus is a, a higher scoring guitar, but of course, it's also 150 euros more than the HP35. And for some yeah. styles of music, the HP35 actually sounded better to my ears. But yeah, that video is going to be coming out fairly soon, or it's already out oh, when, you, uh, cool. when you're watching this or listening to this, uh, search for it and you'll, you'll see it on my channel, I guess. But those are two instruments that I think a lot of people out there in the real world are also seeing as being fairly similar. And that leads yeah. me to suggest that most people are thinking the Aeolus is more of a semi-hollow guitar than me, for example. For me, I mm. feel like it's closer to a Les Paul with an F-hole, which of course so is well. semi-hollow, but it feels different. Yeah, yeah. I would I would say the same. It, it it's more like a Les Paul with uh, slightly less like mid-range sound. I would say. And one thing that we kind of have to mention, like we are looking at this from a EU perspective. Uh, because for us, ordering a Harley Benton is fairly, I'm going to say, safe in the sense like if we don't like it, we have a 30-day return policy and we can ship it yeah. back for free. Yeah. But if you're in US, for example, there's like, is it like a 50 euro fixed fee or something like that? They, they, Tomon does have like this fixed fee type of thing where you can return it if you want to. But still, it's quite a risk to take compared to what we're doing here. Because for us, it's like 12 yeah. days shipping. For you, it's like maybe like, might be even like next day shipping. For me, it takes like a few days before something arrives. And if I don't like it, I can just ship it back. And that's it. But I think unless Thoman some, at some point has like some sort of like US-based, I don't know, distribution or something like that, it's not as easy for other people to... Like, like people in that part of the world to get one. Or at least it's not as risk-free. Yeah, definitely. I've had comments from people in Australia and North America, mm. for example, who, who've said the same thing. It costs a lot more for them, but it's not at all as simple to, to return something for sure. So yeah. do you think that the Aeolus is like a, a no-risk guitar? I mean from what I've seen of it from demos from how I've experienced the guitar I would still have no hesitation in recommending it to everybody you know even someone who's based mm. far away because it's hard for me to imagine someone not being happy with it 
Yeah, Whereas with some I other Harley this, Benton models, I feel different. <laughs> I mentioned this in my my video. Like uh, in that video, I didn't say specifically that this might be the first Harley Benton I would kind of recommend, but uh, this is definitely the first one where I would say like it's worth taking the risk because unless it's like really damaged or broken or like the neck had broken or something like that uh, even if you have to take it to a local luthier and like have something tweaked and adjusted and stuff like that uh, you are still getting such a high quality guitar that it's worth that with some other Harley Bentons I've had maybe not as much but with this one like I, I would still think it's a great deal if this guitar would be 800 euros. It feels like one of those, those like maybe Korean-made like LTDs or something quality-wise. Yeah. It's like it feels pretty professional and like just solidly built, which yeah. I, I'm going to say is a bit new thing for Harley Benton. Some of the guitars do feel like that as well. But for example, the, well, the baritone Amarok thing I had, uh, there were some issues that kind of presented themselves over time, like weird microphonics with the pickups and all kinds of things like that. But so far with this one, I've been really, really impressed. And as I mentioned, this might be the first one that I would recommend like taking a risk for, is that how you say it? But yeah, yeah. if you live in Australia, uh, like if you prepare yourself for the fact that you might want to, or like you might have to take it to a luthier once you get it, I think it's still worth it because it's a ridiculous value for money. This is also probably the first Harley Benton pickups that I really, really like and I didn't feel like I would have to swap them. With the previous ones, they were like fine, but uh, some were too high gain and some were just fine, but not like super inspiring. This, I think like these pickups... And this guitar are a perfect match. And by the way, I am familiar with the Tesla pickups because I've been a, like 10 year, ten plus years ago, I was heavily, heavily involved on a Finnish musician forum and especially on the guitar side of things. And people would like, some somebody had like connections to, I think it was China where they are made. And somebody like found this Tesla company and everybody was like raving about how great those pickups are for the money. And they would like order them in like giant box, like 40 people would chime in and order a couple of sets of pickups and they would be shipped to Finland and then they would be distributed from there. And yeah, so I'm familiar with the pickup brand from a fairly long time ago already. And it's kind of, fun to see them on a Harley Benton all of a sudden. Because before this, I think they've only gone for the Roswell pickups on everything. And then some of the guitars have like EMGs and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Why do you think they went for Tesla on this guitar? My guess would be Roswell just doesn't have that type of pickup. Or maybe this was just a perfect match. Not sure, to be honest. But I, yeah, I do think I don't know. this is a perfect match. Yeah, uh, they do work wise. very well with the guitar. But I feel like there wouldn't have been any problem doing the same thing with some Roswell pickups. The Roswell pickups, which are in the HB35, at times they sound absolutely identical to this guitar, mm. to the Aeolus. 
And I say okay. that in the the A B that I do between the two. And I think if you get the chance to watch the video, if you're watching this, you'll hear that as well. I kind of wonder if you know, because I think it's a fairly open secret that Toman owns Roswell Pickups. It's one of their brands, you know. Mm, so there's I no see. secret that that's why they're in Harley Benton guitars. And I kind of feel like maybe Tesla is also a Toman concern now. I don't know. It's Mind pure guesswork, but I feel like th- there's no other reason for me, personally, why they've put the, those pickups into the ALS. Because they're not in yeah. any other. It's like, why, why would you do that? Unless there is another theory that actually some some commenters on my ALS video put out, and that is that they would recommend to Harley Benton or to Toman that they release the ALS as a different guitar brand. You know, it's 400 euros, different mm. price point. It's going for a different aesthetic and a different kind of player to lots of Harley Benton guitars. And they were suggesting that maybe this could have even been brought out under a different brand name you know, to separate from yeah. Harley Benton, to to move away from that budget thing. And that's what these Tesla pickups would be in that case. You know, it would be moving away from yeah. Roswell pickups to up the the classiness. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely still like a, I guess, stigma on the Harley Benton brand, which I'm going to say is kind of justifiable, I guess. The Harley Benton brand has been around for over a decade now, I think. And... The early ones especially were pretty rough. The quality has gone up incredibly. Like like it's they're different instruments now than they were like ten years ago, for example. I think a lot of people bought them as more of like a mod platforms back in the day, but now you can get like a very decent gigable instrument for three hundred euros. Yeah. It's really cool, but yeah, Alice is like one level up. And same goes for the Amarok guitars, I'd say, as well. And then the headless ones, which are the dollar hands. The dollar hands, like, yeah. Yeah. Kind of could go for a different brand name. But then again, maybe they just want to like up the kind of status of Harley Benton. So it doesn't just mean incredibly cheap instruments that are good value for the money, but that you can actually get like Maybe their plan is that in five to ten years, uh, it's Harley Benton is thought of, of like the same as the Squires and LTDs and stuff like like guitars like that basically. Yeah, it's interesting that you just mentioned the ALS, the Dullahan, and the Amarok. They've given almost original names to these newer, sort of slightly higher higher quality benchmark guitars. Whereas if you think about the more standard instruments, they don't have that. You know, they have just kind of little acronyms, little numbers, DC Junior, SC Junior, you know? Yeah. Uh, HB35. So that's interesting. Maybe this is more about them creating a guitar which they think is more original. Because the Aeolus is not really a direct copy of anything in that sense, is it? No, and I like that a lot. And same goes for the Amarok, which it does kind of look like. Uh, I think Schecter has something like that, and some other brand I might be forgetting like right now. But even those aren't like direct copies of those. Yeah, I suppose like, the Dollahan is maybe a bit more of a copy in that sense, but 
Yeah, you're right. But with the ALS, it's it's really hard for me to find something which directly sits as a competitor. That's yeah, and that's another. That's one of the the best things I can say about the ALS. It sits in its own category. Yep. Yeah, which makes it interesting, but also maybe a tiny bit hard to sell because uh, four hundred euros isn't like a. To me, at least, it's not an impulse buy price anymore. Two hundred might be four hundred, not. Uh, yeah, I I'll be interested to like see if these start popping up on like other YouTubers' videos and just people playing these because I'm still not yeah. seeing like. Even though I know Harley Benton's sell a lot, I'm still not seeing those. Uh, that much it's yeah that's a really really good point yeah it's squires and epiphones and stuff like that yeah for 400 euros you can you know you can choose among very many different brands squire classic vibe as we've said is up there plenty of epiphones can be had for around 400 you can get used fenders and if you're lucky, you use Gibson for around that price. If you go for one of the satin sort of tribute models or something like that and get really lucky. Yeah. So this is definitely not an impulse buy in the same way that some others are. I would love to know how well these are selling. In yeah. a sense, they remind me of the Fender Acoustasonic guitars in that way. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's harder to imagine who is going to be the target audience for this guitar in a way. Because yeah. despite them being supremely versatile, these guitars, you know, you can do everything with an ALS, but it's like you said at the start, and like a lot of players say, why not just have three or four different guitars that you can pick, each of which excel at one thing, but don't do the others very well. Whereas the ALS yeah. might be seen by them as being a jack of all trades, but master of none. Yeah. Yeah, which is, I think it's a, Fair assessment, like it does. It does have more personality to me than a lot of other like versatile guitars, because with the reason I kind of dislike the super versatile term is that many times it means that the guitar kind of can do a lot of things, but it doesn't have like you don't go for it to have like a very specific sound, like. You immediately know what you're getting with a Tele. You immediately know what you're getting with a Strat or a Les Paul or 335. And I personally struggle with guitars uh, that kind of... I, I don't have like that thing for that particular guitar. Like this is why I'm going to grab this one instead of anything else. And with ALS, I'm getting a little bit of that. But then again, it does actually cover a lot of ground really well, which is kind of surprising and kind of, yeah, just a lot of fun as well. And I don't know if that's something that's uh, easy to demonstrate in a video, like, oh, look how versatile this guitar is, because a lot of guitars are kind of versatile, but, yeah. I don't know what what was the point I was trying to make, but... (laughs) These are the no, I agree. random thoughts I have right now about I the agree. guitar. It's kind of like, you know, if you have the Aeolus at home and if you have three or four other guitars, which one do you pick up to do certain things? 
And there will be some people yeah. who would pick up the A-list to play absolutely everything. And there will be others who'd say, oh, well, I've got a telly. I'm doing something a bit countryish. I'll pick the telly up. And I actually think, having had the A-list for a couple of months now, I probably fall into the camp where I'll pick up the telly, the telly stuff. Yeah. So in that way, it's been a useful lesson for me, I think. But if there's people out there who just have the budget or the, the option to have one guitar in their lives and they want something that can do everything, the ALS is very hard to beat, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. And I, I'd also say, like, I haven't played it live myself, but a friend of mine tried it for a couple of songs in our live set, in the church setting, that is. And I'm going to say for that, it's really good because it has all of those sounds uh, that are, like, as I mentioned in my video, it doesn't sound like a telly or a strat or a Les Paul but you kind of can use them for similar applications, which is really cool. If you want to have like more, not a single coil sound, but like a thinner sound, these coil splits work really well. If you want to have like that thick bridge humbug, it has that without it being like very harsh or like uh, metal sounding. Like it's still very kind of vintage sounding guitar, but also can do a lot of different kind of stuff and... Yeah, for worship stuff, it's great. Like, if you would have just one guitar for your church band, this could be a great, great option. Actually, like, if I would play electric guitar more in the church setting, I might consider, like, having an A-list just because no matter what songs we're playing, I could show up with just this one and do the whole set with it. Though, like, if you like swapping guitars, there's no guitar that one guitar that will kind of cover everything for you because it is also fun to swap instruments during the set because just having a different kind of instrument in your hands kind of gets you in a different mindset. And yeah, that's why I'm more leaning, like I'm leaning towards more to having more than one instrument because it's just fun. <laughs> But if you were to have, like, if you can only afford one instrument, which is totally understandable, like, yeah, Alice is a very, very strong candidate for not that much money. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that's how I would see it. It's also, you know, the, the satin flame roasted maple neck is really really nice and smooth feeling so it's yeah it's comfy to play at all times but also because it's semi-hollow and this will vary from guitar to the guitar but mine is it's got a very nice acoustic tone to it as well so it's a decent guitar mm. just to pick up at home and and play things on and even song write on you know a lot of people yeah. will deviate towards an acoustic guitar to write songs on but you get some quite nice unplugged tones from the ALS, which might also make it an option there as well. Yeah, I definitely agree. And like, uh, actually this, uh, having this guitar here reminded me that I probably ha will have my black 335-ish Gibson Midtown custom type of thing that I've built myself. I'll probably ha want to have that refretted and have stainless steel frets and maybe like go for, because I think that, that goes for like very Gibson style, like medium frets. And the ALS is, I think it's medium jumbo. Yeah, medium jumbo, stainless steel frets. Yeah. I love that touch. It's so much smoother than the like regular other nickel frets I have on that one. 
and those are medium. Like, there's such a difference. Like, somehow, somehow, like my vibrato and everything is more used to to having like um, just bigger frets. I'm used to that more, yep. and I felt really comfortable playing on the ALS. And when I picked up my own guitar, it was like felt like they like when you're driving a car and you forget the handbrake on a little bit. <laughs> that that's the kind of feeling I had with that one. So I'll probably have to have my guitar refretted just because it just felt so much better to play on the ALS. And again, it it's kind of incredible how good it felt to play for a 399 euro guitar. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Uh, did you find did you find yours like back heavy? As I mentioned in my video, like it kind of feels like it's about to like fall from my lap a little bit. No, mine feels well balanced, but I think I said in my video it's it's heavier than I imagined it would be. But it balances mm. fine on a strap. It balances well for sitting. I had expected it because it's a semi-hollow to weigh less than it does, but it weighs about off the top of my head, I think about seven pounds, about three and a half kilograms, which is a good weight for a guitar, but you expect maybe because there's so much air in that one for it to be a little bit lighter. Mm. But yeah, decent weight. No issues for me, but I remember you said that it wasn't ideal for you. Yeah, it's not. It like Maybe it's the shape of my thigh or it it just might be like a bit heavier wood wise because well that's one of the way they save money again it's like they cannot uh, choose the lightest piece of mahogany or thing like that they have to go with the one they have and sometimes it might might end up being heavier like I, I bet there's a bigger tolerance like weight wise with the airless than it is with a Gibson Les Paul like with a Gibson Les Paul you yeah. probably know that yeah, definitely. It, it's around like let's say 3.5 kilos where with this one, there might be like a half kilo uh, like difference between the two aliases you pick up. And I mean, I like guitars that are a little bit more heavier if they resonate well, and this does. It, it's kind of nice to have a guitar like that in your lap where it's heavier, but it resonates as well. But yeah, the drawback is that mine, at least, is a bit back heavy. Yeah. And... Yeah, but overall, I'm still very impressed with this thing. And yeah, if something like this would have been available 10 plus years ago, I would have probably gone for an Aeolus as my main Yeah, me too, probably. Time. And yeah, just imagine if you were starting out today and you wanted a guitar that was going to do everything and you had 400 euros. I mean, you yeah. know, 10, 20 years ago, what options did you have at that price point? Definitely not as many as you have now, and definitely no. nothing that was anywhere near half as good as as the ALS is for that price. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, having tried some of the very recent LCDs, for example, like this doesn't feel as revolutionary as we might like sound here in this episode. Like other companies have upped their budget-friendly guitar quality as well, but. It's still very impressive, especially when you like those other guitars don't come with like Grover tuners or Tusk or like Raftec Tusk nuts, uh, which are like pro levels hardware, I would say. So, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I recently got to try the 
the new Ibanez AZES, uh, the AZ Essentials guitars, yeah. which are kind of uh, Strat type instruments, and they're similar in price to Harley Benton, a bit cheaper than the ALS. They're about three hundred to three hundred and fifty euros, depending on the pickup configuration. But they feel and play fantastic. They don't have name hardware or pickups in them. It's all Ibanez's own stuff or generic no-name hardware. But they have really upped their game as well. And I think yeah. that it's a healthy kind of competition because, you know, when you have Harley Benton out there pushing the envelope, guys like Squire and Epiphone and Ibanez, they have to react to it. Otherwise, everyone is just going to buy Harley Benton. So it's a great time to yep. be a, a guitarist at pretty much any kind of budget price point, really. Yep, Absolutely. But yeah, I think those are our honest opinions about the ALS. We like it. Uh, obviously, this episode is kind of sponsored because we were provided the guitars. Mine stays here. And yeah. So well, mine you, doesn't. You, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's available that mine will actually stay here for long. But yeah, for now, it, it stays here. So... There's that, and have you tried Harley Benton's? What do you think of them? Uh, on YouTube, at least, leave us a comment, or you can email us at uh, podcast at catpickstudios.com, and we can feature you, you and your comment in the next Catpick Fridays episode. And yeah, it was kind of fun to take a deeper dive into a guitar like this, like po post review, review, sort of speak. Yeah, exactly. It's um. It was an interesting little episode, this one. We yeah. should probably do more deep dives, but we, we need to find stuff that we both know well to, to talk yeah, about it for this true. long. Yeah, that's true. We are going to do that. But that wraps up this special episode of Cat Big Fridays. And whenever this episode comes out, most likely the next episode will be a normal one again. But it really depends on things... As I mentioned, we if you're watching this or listening to this, uh, my family has just had a new family member. So depending on how everything goes, I might be back to regular schedule very soon or not. We shall see. But thank you so much for watching and listening. And a great way to support what we do is to get the Get Songs Done songwriting course. Links to that in the show notes. And there's affiliate link option as well. You can get something for yourself. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it helps to keep this stuff running. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Thank you, Rich, again for joining. And bye, podcast. Bye, podcast. <laughs>